Why can we remember everything about where we hid when we ran away from home the first time, but we can't remember where our keys are? What makes certain things stick in our memory? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Pulse of American Medicine. I am your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing current therapies for new uses. And my guest is Dan Heath, co-author of the best-selling book, Made to Stick. Dan lives in Raleigh, North Carolina. Dan and I are discussing the simple but powerful made-to-stick principles and how they might apply in a variety of medical settings. Dan, welcome to ReachMD. Hey, thanks so much. Good to be here. So what's the main concepts or what are the main concepts of made-to-stick? What made-to-stick says is that anyone can make their ideas more effective by using some principles of stickiness. And what we mean by a sticky idea is an idea that's memorable, that's understandable, and that changes something, changes people's opinions or behavior or, in some cases, values. And we can take inspiration from some of the stickiest ideas in the world, you know, the ideas that stick on their own, such as proverbs and fables and folk tales and even urban legends. And so what we've done in the book is kind of reverse engineer what makes these very successful ideas work and then show people how to use those same traits in their own ideas. One of the things that stuck for me when I read that book was the cover of the book itself. Was that intended to be sticky, and why does it work? Well, there's kind of an inside joke here. For those of you who haven't seen the cover, it's bright orange, and there's a strip of duct tape on it. And my brother and I fought very hard to have the duct tape. We desperately wanted to be the duct tape authors. We thought there was something very cool about that. And some of the early cover designs had things like post-it notes and scotch tape and And we kept saying, you know, look, it's just not sticky enough. It's just not going to cut it. You know, the whole point of a post-it note is that it's not that sticky, right? And so we held out for the duct tape and are are very pleased that it ended up there. And there's some kind of printing effect that they used on the duct tape so that it it really looks like a piece of tape. And I've caught some people in the stores trying to scrape it off, (laughs) which which is pretty comical. Well, I'll have to admit I was one of those, but I waited till I got the book home before I tried to peel (laughs) the the duct tape off. So you've written that there are six principles of a sticky message. Let's look at them one at a time and see why each is important. So let's start with the first principle, which is simplicity. Why is that important? Simplicity is about finding the core of your idea. And this is the one that hurts because finding the core means leaving everything else out. And so when I say that a sticky idea is simple, I don't mean that it's dumbed down. I don't mean that it's a soundbite. What I mean is that you've done the hard job of prioritizing the things that you need to say. So, for instance, Southwest Airlines, which is a freak in the airline industry, it's the only airline that's been profitable every year for over 30 years. Herb Kelleher was the founder of Southwest, and people used to ask him all the time, you know, what makes you guys different? And he said, look, I'll tell you how to be the CEO of Southwest Airlines in one sentence. We'll be the low-fare airline in any market we're in. That's it. That's the whole game. And and what that sentence does, that's not a dumbed-down phrase, the low-fare airline. Instead, it's a choice. What Kelleher is saying is that in situations where economy comes into conflict with other things, like customer satisfaction, for instance, uh, economy is going to win. So, for instance, you know, Southwest doesn't serve any meals, even though meals would clearly make customers happier. What he has done is kind of set an axis of what Southwest is going to be about. And it's that principle of helping people prioritize that's so important to simplicity. How hard is it for people to come up with these simple ideas, though, or make their message simple? 
terribly hard. It's terribly hard because to, to find the right core message, you have to know a lot about the space. You know, Kelleher had to know that, that strategically for Southwest, the most important thing was to be the economy provider. Notice that if he were the CEO of Singapore Airlines, it might have been a very different core message. It might have been much more about luxury and customer satisfaction rather than economy. You know, another example is from uh, the 92 Clinton campaign. And Clinton, everybody remembers, he was the candidate that knew everything about everything. You know, this is a guy who studied up on every conceivable policy issue, and he could give you a, a five-point plan on irrigation policy. And, and so James Carville was kind of tearing his hair out. I guess if he had hair, he'd been tearing it out. And one day he went to the campaign headquarters whiteboard and wrote down the most famous sentence from the campaign. It's the economy, stupid. And the stupid part was meant for the campaign workers themselves. It was meant to remind them, hey, look, there's a lot of things we could talk about, but let's stay focused. The number one issue that's going to determine how people vote in this election is the economy. Let's not get away from it. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Pulse of American Medicine on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I am speaking with Dan Heath, co-author of the best-selling book, Made to Stick, about how these concepts might work in a medical practice. So let's talk about the next one, which is unexpectedness. Why is that so critical? Unexpectedness is the trait of stickiness that gets people's attention. And in this world, we all know this is a world that's, that's drowning in ideas. And, and how do you get your message to stand out? You can use this principle of unexpectedness. So an example is, we've all heard the urban legend, you only use 10% of your brain, which is preposterous, right? But it's that quality of surprise that gives this thing its stickiness. If this were true, it would sure take the sting out of brain damage, you know. So in a more normal circumstance, the way you can be unexpected is by understanding what people expect you to say and then veering away from it. So if you think of the Jetta advertising campaign that's running right now, you think you're in the body of a very normal Volkswagen commercial. There are good-looking yuppies in the car, and they're bantering. And then, boom, out of nowhere, there's a wreck. And at the end of the ad, the people are standing around the car kind of shaking their heads. And Jetta manages to surprise us by violating a lifetime worth of expectations. And no car commercial we've ever seen has a car crashed until this campaign launched. And so that's an example of how to use surprise in the service of a core idea. In this case, Jetta is trying to get across the importance of safety features. Concreteness is the next principle. What does that mean, and can you give us an example of what is concrete versus what is not? One of my favorite examples of concreteness is JFK's speech from 1961. You know, he challenged the nation to put a man on the moon and return him safely within the decade. So there's no one alive who was scratching their heads to figure out what that mission was all about. You can picture it in your head, which is the art of concreteness. Can you get people to picture your idea in their head? Now, if he'd been more of a modern-day politician or CEO, that probably would have been mangled into something like, our mission is to become the international leader in the space industry using our capacity for technological innovation to build a bridge towards humanity's future, right? That's the way we talk in the organizational world and this sort of Dilbert ease. Right. And the problem with that is it doesn't allow for a mental picture. And, and what we know from memory research is the more sensory hooks you can put into an idea, the more enduring that idea will be. So the next concept is credibility. How do you achieve credibility in a message? Well, the traditional ways we're taught to make a message credible are to use data or to get an endorsement from a credible source, an authority, or in some cases a celebrity. What we talk about in the book is how to use the idea itself to provide its own credibility. 
So one example is the Where's the Beef campaign from Wendy's back in the 80s. You know, a very fun, very successful campaign. But at the idea level, what's going on is they're saying, look, our hamburgers are simply bigger than the competitors. The, the meat patties are bigger, and it's so obvious that there's a difference. You can see it for yourself. So instead of Wendy saying, our hamburger patties are 23% larger, or instead of them you know, bringing in some football player to talk about how much meatier Wendy's burgers are, they simply left it up to the consumer to use their own eyes to tell the difference. That's something we call a testable credential. It's a way of building a kind of try-before-you-buy aspect into your ideas. The last two principles are emotion and story. Why are these two so important? Emotion is the trait that gets people to care about your idea. It's one thing for them to listen. It's another thing for them to understand. It's it's quite different for them to care. And I think of the Truth anti-smoking campaign as a great example of a success on this front. Traditionally, teens have smoked cigarettes to rebel. That was the whole fun of it. And what the Truth campaign does so brilliantly is it co-ops that emotion of rebellion. So in the TV spots, they show teens kind of using various guerrilla tactics to stick it to the big multinational tobacco companies. And in one TV ad, they're piling up what look like body bags on the lawn of a major tobacco company. And at the end of the spot, you figure out this giant stack of body bags that they've accumulated is the number of people who die every day from cigarette smoking. And so the brilliance of that is they've taken this emotion of rebellion and what used to drive you to smoke cigarettes now drives you to go find a way to thwart the evil intentions of the cigarette companies. What about stories, then? Is stories tied to emotion, or is this a totally separate principle? It is a separate principle, but lots of stories have lots of emotion in them, of course. One very simple story that was effective was Jared of Subway fame. Uh, Subway had actually launched a campaign before Jared called Seven Under Six, which meant we have seven sandwiches under six grams of fat. And it was a dud as a campaign. Then they launched Jared, which makes the exact same point. It's all about their low-fat sandwiches, but instead it grounds it in the story of this Indiana college student who loses over 200 pounds eating the sandwiches every day. And within a week of this campaign launching, Jared was on Oprah, which is a pretty good sign that your message is sticking. Well, you use a lot of other stories in your book to illustrate your principles. Tell our medical professional audience about the big sticky health story, the movie Popcorn Saga, And which of these principles it used? This story is a favorite of mine. It's about the Center for Science and the Public Interest, the CSPI. And this is a nonprofit that educates the public about nutrition. They sent a bag of movie popcorn out to the lab for nutritional analysis. And when they got the results back, they were flabbergasted. This medium-sized bag, we're not talking a bucket, we're talking a bag, had 37 grams of saturated fat in it. Which, to put that in context, that's like two days' worth (laughs) from the recommended uh, daily allowances. And so their challenge at that point, this is where stickiness comes in, is how do you get that across to the public? The public's not out there clamoring for news on popcorn or news on nutrition. How do you get their attention? Do you simply come out and say 37 grams? Do you, you use bar charts and graphs to show the difference between that and the daily allowance? What they ended up doing was something just brilliant. They called a press conference. All the media was assembled, and they said – they held up the bag of movie popcorn and said, this bag of movie popcorn has as much fat as the following, a bacon and eggs breakfast, a Big Mac and fries for lunch, a steak dinner with all the trimmings, combined. And the media sort of gasped at this. It's a day's worth of gluttony piled into a single bag of popcorn that might be eaten as a snack. 
Now, this story went nuts. It was in every major national newspaper. They were on Leno. They were on CNN. And within about three or four months, all the major movie chains had stopped using coconut oil, which was the villain of the story. And that, to me, is a great inspirational story because here's an organization that didn't have a big ad budget. They didn't have a lot of resources. All they had was an idea. And it was an idea that when they put some care into it and some art into it, managed to change a lot of lives. We all remember the details of our favorite TV commercial, but we can't remember the name of our congressman. Why are certain things locked in our memories while others pass right through? I want to thank our guest, Dan Heath, co-author of the book, Made to Stick, for helping us understand these principles of sticky ideas. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, the nonprofit that repurposes existing treatment for new uses. You've been listening to the Pulse of American Healthcare on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.